Hello, and welcome to Business Without Bullshit. I'm Andy Ori, and alongside me is my co-host Pippa Sturt. Hi, Andy. Pippa. Uh, and today, we are joined by Oliver Bruce. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, thank you so much. And so, Oliver, uh, tell us a little bit about what you do, then, I think, is a good place to start. Uh, so, business is Content Marketing Agency. So, Content Marketing Agency called Pinpoint Media. I've also got an award-winning podcast, obviously, no competitor of yours, but... Um, we do that Miles obviously. better, Miles, No, that is too kind of you. Um, but yes. Um, but in- <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. But yeah, what we do, yeah, so content marketing, pinpoint media, working for brands big and small globally. I mean, there's a lot of media companies out there. Give us a little bit more. What's the pinpoint? Sounds like it's got a point. The, the, the do you pinpoint- know what it was going to be called? It was going to be called CTB, which cut the ball. But obviously okay. we changed it to Pinpoint, so there's a bit of synergy there with your, yeah. with your brand yeah. name. But in terms of what we do, so we do data-driven marketing strategies, content strategies, and then execution of them for brands. So it's not necessarily the buying of media exclusively, it's the ideation, the creation, and the aggregation of the data. And, and a lot of change for, for brands going down to kind of TikTok and such, like as I was speaking to you guys earlier about. Because yeah. not a lot of brands know how to use TikTok properly. A friend made me laugh about this years ago. He's like, every time I think I've just got used to a fucking platform, some other thing gets launched. But I mean, TikTok's been been around a while now. You just make little videos, don't you? Is there what is there a real sort of knack to it? Should all businesses be on TikTok? You know? Is there a knack? To, do you know? I think most, if not all, businesses should be on TikTok, mainly yeah. because recent uh, news articles stated that fifty percent of Gen yeah, Zs are now searching. Uh, on, on TikTok instead of searching on Google, right? And it's ranking on Google from an SEO point of view. So actually being able to, even if it's a B2B brand, actually being on TikTok is really important because, you know, we all, or most of us in this room are a B2B service provider to a certain extent, but you still use TikTok at home, right? You're still thumbing through TikTok. You're still being served content, even if it's subliminally. So it's an important place to be. Are you a fan of TikTok? Do you use it much yourself? I loved I called TikTok a couple of years ago. When it first came out, sort of beginning of pandemic, I said to my friends, I said, this is the one. I just regret not coming up with it. And they were adamant it wouldn't work. So much so that she put a bet on it. The bet was too big to call in. But nevertheless, I think TikTok's awesome. Is this your first job? What was your first proper job? I worked at Domino's and got fired. Okay, what did you get fired for? What did you do? Well, they just never invited me back. Do you only do one shift? Yes, did you? Which bit were you working on? Well, I was kind of assessing everything because I was there for my first shift. So it's like, this is where we do the... To be fair, what I did learn is actually how you do the, the sort of... Tomato sauce. Or... That. Yeah, the tomato sauce. Um, although, yeah, anyway. There's um, a TikTok in that. There, a there guy, is. There I must be a guy who does the... In fact, if you see someone do the... the we saw that well, yeah, in New cool. York yeah, do no, the fucking... Cool. The thing was just insane. Joe's Pizza in New York, folks. Best place for pizza. Yeah, yeah. Big up Joe's Pizza. Yeah. Pretty good. Are you sponsored by them? No, but I wish we were. It'd take a <laughs> while to turn pizza. up here, though, wouldn't yeah. it? <laughs> but no, that was that was it. That was my first job. Got fired or not invited back or Wait, never got a second shift. Was it like a shift. holiday job? Or? No, I yeah. needed to get a job because I was at college and my mate was, this is the even worse part of it, my mate was the manager there. All oh, right, so and you've <laughs> got a shoeing job. <laughs> I was like, look, I need to get a job because I really want to buy a car and be able to run the car, but I can't because I haven't got a job. Um, so I was at college, and his name was Tom, and I said, do you mind if I come and, you know, try what, it out? What, what did you do after this? How did you get the car? Or, I know? worked at the Butcher's Arms in Sheepskin, which no one will know about, but it's a very small little village pub, right of passage. Didn't really get fired from that, but did quit that, and it was one of the most awkward experiences of my life, because she was, you know, she being the landlady, told me to do pot washing about a year into the job, and I was like, <laughs> I, I can't be doing this pot, I'm just not, I'm better on the bar speaking to people, it's more fun, isn't it? 
Anyway, I said, this is it, I'm going to quit. I'm going to go and do something else. Anyway, I stormed out of the pub. And with the car that I then had, I didn't have the key on me because I'd left it in the pub. So there I go. I, I go, bugger, I can't get into the car. Reopen the door to walk back into the pub where the landlady's there just swinging the keys on their finger going, do you need these? I was like, yep, need those. And that, that, was, the, that was my first, I suppose, proper job, last proper job. And since then, I've had a business. And, and what, how old are you at this stage? Uh, 17, 18. So the moral of that story is if you're going to resign in a dramatic manner, make sure you've got everything you need with you before you leave the building. Specifically your car keys, so you can make a quick exit. Yeah, yeah. Good. Yeah, yeah. Plan, plan your exit. Yeah. Plan yeah. your exit. Yeah. Boom. Go, go. Go, go, going out to all uh, <laughs> bank robbers there. It sounds like you didn't necessarily, um, school wasn't necessarily your thing, but I guess what you could just, you could start a business and that, and is that yeah, what? Yeah, basically. I mean, I worked for myself. Granted, to be fair, for a couple of months, I didn't actually register as a limited company. It's just because I had a friend or contact who was an accountant ironically, who did say you should do it. So I did, basically. Fine. But because the barrier to entry for the business was so small, it was a camera, it was me, it was an editing piece of editing software, essentially, and I was at college at the time, I could go and start that. Yeah, granted, if you're going to go and start a business where you have to have a huge amount of seed capital and you you need to invest and you need to grow and you need to scale, slightly different. But I did it fully organically, mainly because the college let me borrow their kit. Because, you know, you're a student, you're learning X, Y, and Z. What were you doing at college? Media and TV. Okay. Media and TV. So they had the kit, they had the editing software. I had a bunch of mates that wanted to learn how to do media and TV. So I had a gym chain. So there was a gym chain in the area that I lived, charged them 50 quid. I remember really well. Charged them 50 quid to do a full corporate film. And we brought down eight guys from college. It was the most ridiculous thing in the world. Anyway, did this film for, for, for this gym. And that was our first foray into it. And I thought, it's quite good fun. I have to say, when you made the quote for 50 quid, that should have rung alarm bells for the <laughs> yeah, gym. It'd be like, oh, we'll have a team of 10. Don't worry. You know, we're highest production values. How much? 50 quid. It was perfect. It was almost charitable. It was that good. Yeah, yeah. But no, it was, it was, that was my first story, 50 pounds uh, from, from this gym chain with a huge crew. Okay. Margins weren't my thing then, I'll be honest. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> this is college, so you left school at 16 and you were at a, a college doing media, media Went basically. to college, yeah. Yeah, okay. And then did you stick it out at college? Or? Did the full shebang at college. Um, now I get on really well with my lecturer. His name's George. What, you didn't at the time? One of them, not so much. George... I did, massively at the time, but why would you get on with your lecturer when it's a teacher? That's what I couldn't get my head around back then. It's like, it's a teacher, why would I, why would I get on with them? But you call in them by their first name and therefore it's, exactly. it's fine. I did used to get told off by George for calling him sir. He was like, don't call me sir. I was like, but you do that at school, don't you? He's like, my name's George. And at that point, I was like, okay, we can maybe... Why did you end up going? You 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 went to seven seven schools. I think. Yeah, what, it is, yeah. what, how did you manage seven? No win, no fee. No, it was it was parents in the military. So ah. I went around. That's the that's the yeah. Ah, okay. Your your parents still is your parents still active in the military? No. Well, no, not anymore. Not anymore. They left uh, eight years ago. What's the favourite country you ended up then? England, obviously, United yeah. Kingdom. I was Scotland. I was born in Scotland. Right, I, li- right. I was born in Glasgow. Lived up there for which three which years. military? Which service? RAF. Okay, okay. So you moved around with the RAF. Okay, so this business you started then, and that's it. You haven't looked back since, effectively. Uh, I've looked back a lot, but um, not not because I wanted to jump ship, just to kind of take stock of where we've actually come from, because it wasn't planned at all. What's been the biggest uh, cock up with all of this? <laughs> there's, there's been a lot of cock-ups. I suppose what's the biggest cock-up is not actually, for me personally, having ever been managed by anybody, so not knowing how to actually manage anybody, mm. if that makes sense. So quite candidly, people who have worked for people quite understand you know, how it is to have a good manager, how it is to have somebody that actually can support, mental, and whatever, whatever, whatever. 
which I've never had. So that's been a huge learning curve for me over the last couple of years is actually how do I do it without me either just doing it or just telling someone to do it and expecting it to be done because that is the way I would do it myself, for instance. Yeah. So that's been one of the big things. I wouldn't say it's a cock-up, but it has had elements within it that could have been a cock-up at some point had they not been ironed out. I don't think anyone ever gets taught to manage. I mean, you make a no, point that, that you, were never, you were never managed, but... You know, I, I don't think even if you've had lots of managers, I don't think they taught you many good some habits. People, you mean, learn some what you people don't like. do, like they, they go to college and do hotel management, for example. You know, Yeah, but that's know more about like checking we've got enough toilet rolls and, you know. Which in the pandemic was really important. Which is very important, yeah. But you're talking about this, it's the psychology of humans and motivation. I mean, fuck, we could have studied that 10 years of our life and we would have inverted up our own arse sure. and still got it wrong. All I'm saying is that if one isn't managed or has never been managed, how can one know how to manage? Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's. A, but even it's when nightmare. you've been managed, trust me, just because you've been managed by other people, it doesn't make you a good manager. Well, there we go. That yeah. is why you need employment lawyers. Are you employment lawyers? Yeah, we are. There you go. Perfect. Plug that one in there. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's the way to sort out your management problem. This meeting's not going very well. Right, bring in the employment lawyer. Tell them their legal rights. Unfortunately, if you brought in an employment lawyer and they've been with you for two years, the employment lawyer would mostly tell you that you've got a fucking problem, mate. Yeah. Yeah. They're still charging. Um, and so, you know, your, your business, what, it may, you're, you're usually on retainers or you take... Depends. Totally depends on what it is. Most... Some of the time, well, I say most of the time we're on retainers for brands, basically. Six and you'll do plus. the posting and create the content? No. Everything. We'll take everything off you. So, how, how big is the business? How many people have you got? 36 staff at the moment. So 36 staff. We'll take everything off your hands. So, you know, we could be talking to blue chips and they might want us to manage all of their social media, all their content, all the ideation, all the strategy, PPC, marketing, the lot out of home, media buying. Arguably, some brands might just want us to create the content, give it to them. And that's fine as well. We can do everything or some. We call it, um, essentially, we can do the production planning and getting it seen. So that's everything or some. And you were a dispersed workforce, the 36 of you, or do you, we you in a did. room? No, no, no. So we're, we're based southwest, so Cheltenham and London. We were early adopters of the four-day working week. We did it about five years ago and then sacked it off before the pandemic because it didn't work. Oh, um, you tried it out, it doesn't work. Tried it out, it doesn't work for us because when you've got deadlines and someone's gone, oh, that's it, that's my day off today, someone else has to pick it up. It, it takes too long for them to pick it up from an efficiency point of view for the size of the business we were then. Um, so whilst it will work and does work for other brands and other businesses, for us, it didn't work because of deadlines and repicking it up and how efficient it was. I would agree with that completely. I think that's the problem, yeah. why it doesn't work in law firms as well. Exactly. That, that was our Service conclusion as partners saying it, that it's not possible in my job to say to someone I'm not available on Because if you've got a project, the project <laughs> just has to get done. It, you can't yeah. just... Do it half the exactly. week and then... And it, and it will work in other areas and other businesses, but it doesn't necessarily in the service sector where you are the person that yeah. has the knowledge and needs to do it by certain... I areas. just can't quite believe, too, that you... Okay, you go from five-day week and they put you in a four-day week and you're going to do longer days. Well, if it's your business, you will. Uh, I strangely, I know someone who had a life consultant and did exactly that, and then I... I can see that they just went, well, I'm going to work this harder because I want to see my kids on Friday. But I imagine after the initial sort of everyone trying to work, do more for four days a week, you just slowly reduce to the how you were doing a normal day. And then you're like, well, actually, we're just doing a day But also that's now. not, you know, sh surely the point is not everybody works their asses off and makes themselves ill four days a week so they have one day off. It's to get a better work-life balance. The best work-life balance you can have is flexi-working. Meaning, what is, what is Meaning flexi Meaning core hours. So we do flexi working. We do, we do core hours 10 till 3, for instance, where you have to be online. You don't have to be in an office. You just have to be online and accessible. 
and then do whatever you want to around that as long as the deadlines are hit. Which then means if you've got deadlines, you know the deadline is hitting, you know, if a client emails you, you can pick that up. You're not just going to disappear and turn your phone off because do you, do, you pre-planned. Do you do that as a boss or do you feel that you need to come in? No, I'm rubbish at doing anything that we put in place. I, but I does work it, you around know, does the clock. that not, that's what I mean, does that not encourage, like, a, when you've got kind of 10 till 3 and you have to be responsible to manage your workload outside of that, does that not encourage a lot of workaholics working way too much? It's entirely up to them. I, I would say sometimes yes, if they've got deadlines, or if they know they've got a pitch tomorrow, if they know they need to put more, more What's time wrong with encouraging things? workaholics anyway? They love it if they're a workaholic. So, no, it's not healthy. I don't think you mean, I think you mean, does that not mean that people are working too longer hours? No, we're really good at that. So we've diarised for every single person in the business their core hours and the round that it automatically declines calendar information invites. Okay, yeah. So if I put something... Because you get people yeah. that worry. It automatically declines uh, calendar invites if I've worked too many hours. No, no, no. <laughs> that would be fun, but no. No, 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 no. So, 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 oh, so, damn it. So, so our core hours around those we will have like calendar blocks if that makes ah, sense okay. so if I put a meeting in for someone at 7 o'clock on a Monday morning it will decline it unless they physically accept it themselves in which case it's assumed that it's not happening until they accept it if that makes sense which therefore allows them to have control over their diary obviously with clients it's, it's slightly different because obviously they're setting calls up and such this like is the and, thing with service industry if a client wants you to have a call at 7am because they're in New Zealand or something you yeah. do it, right? And we and we have full flex. I mean, you know, we do days in Louvre, for instance. We've just done a huge shoot a couple of weeks ago where the guys, were, you know, they were up at the crack of dawn, they were finishing late, they were working for four days. It was a massive air show. Tom Cruise came along, actually. It was pretty cool. And Is he really this big? Um, I wasn't actually there. Anyway, um, and we've given the guys days in Louvre because, you know, they were going above and beyond. They Whilst they did it because that was what the job was in our world, as an employer, it's responsible to go, and guys, recognise that. massively hours. enjoyed it as well. Yeah, yeah granted, but still, we can't then make them work when yeah. we can, but you, you, we don't. But the, I still haven't worked out, are we in an office or not? Some are in an office, some aren't. You some are in an office. office. We have two offices. Yeah. If they want to come in, they come in. If what, they don't, you do they don't. Cheltenham and London, do you? Cheltenham and London, yeah. We do say to them, you need to have FaceTime two days a week. So they can't just sit at home and they can't just not go to an office. Because from a mental health point of view, it's really important to have that FaceTime with, not just not managing Unless necessarily. you're autistic, probably. Yeah, well, I am autistic. And, and to be fair, I do lock myself in the cupboard. Um, <laughs> but, 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 but everyone that's not, it's very important to do that. Uh, which, is, which is why we say, you know, two days a week, try and get some FaceTime with, you know, people within the business, not just managers, anyone. but yeah, literally anyone. And when you say try and get FaceTime, do you mean come into the office? Correct, yeah. Come in, whether that's going out and having a coffee and sitting down and doing two hours in the office and then, you know, going back, going home, whatever. As long as you're not festering at home on your sofa or whatever, and it's just you and the cats, which is fine for me, to be fair, but for them it's not. Then that, that, is, that is what we say. What do you find most uncomfortable about your business, your line of work? Bringing clients back to reality. Okay, so we've got this much money to do this huge Hollywood film. Well, you can't really do it with that much money, you know, and it's, it's that kind of conversation around, that's great that you want to be this, but in reality, we can only do this. Whilst that's the same problem, I'm sure, with a lot of service sector businesses. Expectation. Exactly, expectation versus reality. Do you find it's often the people that want to pay the least that want the most? Yes, entirely. 
Yeah. And, and, and is there a price on it in the moment? If I want, I don't know, a million plays on tick, 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 tock. Tick, tack. Tick, tock. Tick, tick, tack. It would help if we knew what it was called. Tick, tick, boom. That's the new social media platform. It's going to be huge. Unborn children. That's what it is. It's the future. This future. It's just a thing and then the phone fucking stops working, which is great. That is perfect. Gives you a break. But is there a sort of ratio at the moment? I come as a clan and I say, what do I want anyway? Do I want a million? What do I want? Our followers? We wouldn't metric it on that anyway. We wouldn't say, right, you're going to pay us this much. We're going to get you a million That's views. That's what the old PR industry has been pushed into. I hate to say it. Might, it might, I mean, the old PR industry is like so crumbled really on the, you know, newspapers and everything. It's like, you will produce this many articles or we won't pay you kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. that's not... There's, but there's no rule. You, I mean, of course, you don't want to get locked into it, but there's no rule of thumb to a client. That you can say, well, you want to get, is that what they come with? Like, I want 100,000 plays on TikTok. No, no, no they, don't, they just don't do that. What they want to do is they, what they're, they're, they're pragmatic enough to go, I want to attract a certain audience or I want to make sales or X, Y, and Z. And we'll do the strategy around it. So we'll go, okay, fine. So what's your current value of each individual thing that you're selling, for instance? What do we need to do in terms of a strategy? How much money do we need to put into it to do that? What's your return on investment? What KPIs, metrics, share of voice, sentiment? Depending on what it is, depends on what we'll metric it on, if that makes sense. So we're working with a brand at the moment, massive investment they've got from VCs. They've invested in Deliveroo and Uber and such like. And their strategy is, yes, fine, to attract new clients, but share of voice. They want to be the biggest, the loudest, the most well-known because that's what they'll get from a market share point of view with the money that they've got. They're not going to make profit for a long time because of the size and the aggression of the business. Fine. But then you get smaller businesses that are selling, going back to your umbrella conversation off air. If you're selling umbrellas, you want to sell umbrellas, right? So actually, okay, what content can we put out? Where can we serve it? How can we serve it? What kind of PPC, what kind of social spend do we need to put in place to get a thousand eyes on it versus what will that conversion rate be? It gets to the website. Great, we can get you there. If your UX on the website isn't sufficient enough to close that conversion and to get that sale, the basket click to checkout, click to done, that's not us necessarily that has to get involved in the UX. We can advise and guide, but we don't do websites, we don't do PR. By you doing it, is it then not user-generated? Or is it, no. I mean, it is, it is, or like, these are companies, we're back into company land, aren't we? Depends on what it is, right? Because user-generated per se, you know, not, we're not going to use a crew to do a TikTok. Yeah. You know, we will hire a person with a phone. That's it. You know, yes, they might have a lighting gizmo, for instance, but they'll use a phone to shoot it. We're not going to put crews on sites to do TikToks. You okay, can look that's at the stuff. what it means to you, yeah. For the air show, we did that, as I said. You can look at all the content on there, some of which has got a million views, hundreds of thousands of views, whatever. All done, a person, a phone. Oh, one person was there. That's it. No, just for the TikTok bit. There was a crew to do all the actual marketing because we were doing the, yeah, the yeah, full yeah. shebang. But just for that TikTok element, one person. And now, a quick word from our sponsor. Clark got its start back in 1935 And while the world has changed a bit It's more than just survived From complying with the FCA And all things financy They can also speak fluently In the language of legalese Ori Clark was born and raised Right here in the UK And now for 20 years They've been helping others Get set up and on their way Ori Clark's door's always open and happy to provide straight talking financial and legal advice since 1935. Big shout out to Sean Veer Singh for a stellar jingle. You can find him at Sean Veer Singh Music on Instagram. 
And at this point, let me quickly remind you to give us a nice review, please, on Apple Podcast or follow us on Spotify so you'll never miss an episode. Now back to the chat. What's the hardest thing in your job then? How do you deal with it? Hardest thing for me would be, we always hedge well. We hedge really well on hiring ahead of the curve, but it's knowing when to take it to that next level, for instance. So if we're, Hedge meaning on hiring that you buy your yeah, heart. Yeah, hedge and then... when to put your time into pitches, for instance. Because bear in mind with our world, you have pitches that are big and some that are small and which one's the right one to hedge on, which one's the right one to put the resource on, because you're not paid to pitch. Yeah. Most of the time, you're not. Typically, anyway. Sometimes so if you, you throw are. everything into every pitch, exactly, you're, you're then doing money. everything for Who, free. Who's who's getting paid to pitch? Anyway. You sometimes get paid to pitch. Very very rarely. Sometimes you do. When you do, that's great. Most of the time, and I'm talking 98 percent of the time, you don't get paid to pitch. And it's knowing when to go right. Create a director, head of content strategy, all the all the senior boards in on this pitch to win it. Versus, okay, we'll just dial it back a little bit because you've got billable jobs over here to do. And it's that, and you can never get it right. You'll never be able to get it right. If you're not in it, you're not going to win it, right? So which ones do you go for? Which ones don't you go? And that's something that you, no piece of software will ever help you with. You can look at capacity and resource and overheads, and you can look at surplus time, X, Y, and Z, and you can go, yes, you can go and do that. But if everybody's working on billable jobs, who's pitching? It's exactly the same. It's exactly, you know, the same for us. Yeah. Resource management you know, is, a, is a hard problem. Partners have got to go out there and get the work, but also kind of got to do the work. Exactly. And you can, you know, we are very good. We la- we la- allow a 20% downtime within the business. So everybody that we're billing out, we make sure that we have 20% of their time as downtime. But that could be used for R&D. That could be used simply for internal meetings. That could be used for pitching. But the fact of the matter is, you're trying to fill the diaries up with billable work so you can grow as a business. When are you pulling them off that to do pitches to then bring in more billable work? And that, and that is a balancing act. Okay, that's the hardest thing. That's a very difficult thing. Yeah, I mean, that would be, for me, one of the hardest things is to hedge on the right thing to go for and put all the resource, some of the resource, none of the resource in. Yeah. Because you just don't know. You yeah. just don't. We've gone for pitches, gone balls deep on it, and it's not worked. And you go, well, that's a bit annoying. Yeah. But then other ones where we've not gone balls deep, we've won it that's and we've gone, wow. What's the biggest problem facing your industry, would you say, or um, the business in general? I don't know if it's a problem, but it's something that's happening. And if people don't adopt it and change with it, it will be a problem for them. But it's the commoditization of content, essentially. So it's, it's, it's freelancers being cheaper than agencies. It's people being creators on platforms such as TikTok that are, you know, influence orientated. And yes, brands and businesses can pivot and can move with that and can aggregate that together like we do. But people that don't, and people that just leave it and just go, oh, we're just going to do a nice video over here and we're not going to analyze the data and we're not going to analyze the strat, then they'll be left behind. And if you're not driving creative through data and through content creators per se that are actually within that sphere, that world, that platform, whatever it might be, experts in that field, then you're going to be left behind because you're not just making a video to shop on YouTube anymore. It doesn't work. Yeah, effectively, the, the problem with the system is that everyone ends up signing up to it, really. Everyone ends up losing the same data and then everyone's competing against each other with data. And I mean, in some ways, that will is that what killed Instagram and that's what killed TikTok? That it just becomes, yeah, it becomes, you know, commoditized. It becomes just another shop. I don't think TikTok's going to die for a long time. Really? I think t- it's one of the cheapest platforms you can advertise on as well. They are going for that aggression point of view. Like they are going to scale. They are scaling, obviously. But in terms of getting followers, advertising, whatever it might be, one of the cheapest platforms that you can put spend into. LinkedIn, conversely, is quite expensive. 
to, to, to put money into. There's a minimum spend. You've got to do X, Y, and Z. Whereas TikTok, you can get massive, massive growth. Does it not terrify you that we're almost going to war with someone who, who has like all of the data, runs the biggest social media, they know what's fucking going on before we know what's going on. Imagine that, extrapolate that as a sort of concept of a, a social war. And it's like, fuck, that is scary, man. That's like, that's like, yeah, we... You know, we 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 they've they've got all the they've got all the stuff. They got all, everything they know. I mean, I know this guy who can predict stuff, and you know, it's any you know, loads of people can do it if you can scrape Sorry, enough you social know a media. No, well, it's from um, social media. There's a few different companies that do it. I can think of two that do it. Um, one who do it for viruses, and anyway, the point is, is if you have all this social media data, you can pick up on the most tiny things very early on. You can influence financial markets. You could create wars. You could get Trump in. You can do what the fuck you want. We've talked about it before but the whole thing about is is Facebook listening to you and the the answer was no they're not because they don't need to because they've got so many data points on you they don't need to listen to what I just, you're saying. When you talk about the aggressive strategy of TikTok, you know, when it, it's a bit like, you know, Japan had some very clever financial strategies of how they destroyed the American technology market, you know, because they were wanting to plan ahead. If, if you know, why is it so cheap to advertise? You know, it, it's, 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 where's this money coming from? What's the what's the aim of this? So we we know what the Americans are always up to. They're always like, let's build the biggest fucking company I can so I can sit in Vegas, you know. Whereas we know all Chinese companies are 50, more than 50% own all the, you know, they they're 51% always Chinese and in this case we're 100% Chinese and then they've got the Chinese government who sit as a board director in the company and it's like okay it's fine if we're all going to be friends but I think I think have we worked out we're not friends I don't know I, I find it I mean not not that anyone should stop using these platforms because maybe they're all fucked but ah, it's just it's really mind blowing me when you start talking about it because I'm starting to realise how big a force TikTok is you know it is it is, it is. I mean it is Incredibly powerful. Yeah, it is incredibly powerful. And you, and you, you like you almost saying you get to a point where it's unavoidable. It's like, well, if you want to sell X, you have to do Y. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's it's so hard to. Oh, I must do that for some. But it's also the whole the whole getting the fifty percent of their information yeah. and then use they get off TikTok. And I don't. I mean, I don't know why I'm surprised by that because I get way more than fifty percent of my information off of Twitter. Do you, you know, yeah, I spend my entire life on Twitter. What do, you, what do you feel about Twitter? Is that, you know... Do you know, I like and hate Twitter. I like Twitter because I find it fascinating from a news point of view. Because you can, you know, <laughs> if your internet's out, you go, right, Twitter, and you go Virgin and wherever you are, and it goes, oh, look, it's out for everybody. And you can learn through Twitter based on that. I don't use it unless it's an issue. Like the other, other month, right, LinkedIn didn't work, did it? LinkedIn died. Everyone went to Twitter and was like, why is LinkedIn not working? LinkedIn's definitely dead. Okay, cool, LinkedIn's dead. Same with WhatsApp. It's like, WhatsApp's not working. Oh yeah, Twitter says it's not working. They trust it, but only when there's a disaster. What I love about Twitter is that thing that happens where somebody does something in the world, some news happens, yeah. normally a politician does something embarrassing or whatever, and then the whole of Twitter is just jokes about it, but without the original thing. Yeah. So you spend like a good half hour going back through Twitter trying to work out what happened to occasion all the jokes. It's and very that is a different version to what you can do on TikTok as well, though, with voices and with sounds. And, and you know, that's, you know, memes, for instance, essentially is what that is on, on Twitter. And that's cool. And you can do that to a certain extent on, on TikTok. But I like Twitter for that reason only, that you can get instantaneous community feedback. What did, what did you hate about Twitter? The, the fact that, A, none of my friends are on there. B, what the hell do I post? Like, I've got 479 followers and I've once posted photos of my socks. 
Like, it's, that is the reality. And that was about seven years ago, when Twitter was mildly cool. Musk clearly doesn't like it, because he might be, I don't know what he's doing around it, but he's pulled out and he might go back in and he might pull out again, and my God, it's exciting. There may be a future. And you have a lot of people, you know, you have a lot of people, my sister's one of them, who never post anything, just kind of look exactly. there and read stuff. Yeah, I don't, retweeting, like, I might retweet a news article. Like, what is the point of that? I find this fascinating because couldn't we say the same things all about every social media platform? Do you know what I mean? But my, you know, I've, I've had this conversation with my sister because my sister's balls. like, why on earth would you post anything? Yeah. Who wants to know what you think about anything? And I'm like, that's That's, that's the fascination with social media generally though because you, you think, why would anyone be interested in it? But the truth is people are interested in shit, really, isn't it? LinkedIn is one to really watch out for because that is changing. Everything's changing about LinkedIn. It's becoming a lot more authentic. It's becoming more, much more real. You look at, you know, personal branding for one is an industry in and of itself now, much bigger than it ever has been. And people are posting images of themselves doing normal stuff on LinkedIn. It's no longer a business networking. It should, it should, I should try and stay because the, the beauty of it is to only show that, that, that super. But you've got, I mean, you've got like a cup of tea here and a pen here and a notepad and you go, I'm going to sign a big business deal. No one gives a shit. Nobody cares about what you're actually doing in business in that sense because they know it's fake. Whereas if you're walking down the street, for instance, and you see a sign and you post something that's thought-provoking, interesting, real, and not scripted and planned, much better uptake, much more real in that sense. And it's about that authenticity thing. And you look at personal branding, very, very simple. To build a personal brand, make sure that you communicate to the masses in a way that they can relate to. And once you've built a following, start to be provocative, start to have a voice, start to give your opinion. Because the algorithms work in that way, people are engaging, building it, great, fine, fine, fine. Boom, fizz something in, great, you'll get a reaction. I think the trouble with uh, the older generation is that for us, for us to put something out, you know, the, the way we grew up, you know, to, it's the equivalent of going around the pub saying, oh, you see this picture of my dog? You see this? It, do you not do that? Well, it, it's embarrassing as in like, and also it's very, it becomes very curated. You wouldn't dare put anything out in the world mm -hmm. on that public a level that wasn't extremely well thought through, you know? Do you know what's changed today? Uh, being young. <laughs> <laughs> the pandemic. Oh, the pandemic. Because it made everybody see everybody's living rooms. And I know that's a very yeah, sweeping statement, but amazing. that's the first time. You, you, I remember watching BBC News and you go, oh, look at that, another bookshelf for a politician, or you've got a nice background and some coffee or in there. Or the whatever. guy whose kids come in while he's, he's doing his but news report. But that is the first like... time we will have seen people that we look at and go, you're wearing a suit and tie and you're very professional. Nadine Doris with the bookshelf with nothing on it. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. And that's the reality. I mean, the pandemic has, for our world, sped it up enormously. Everything's changed. Everything's become a lot quicker, a lot more digitised, obviously. But with things like LinkedIn, authenticity and showing your real self, never has there been a time in our history where you've shown your real self more than the pandemic. Every single, no matter how high a ranking individual you are, you can still see your laundry in the back room because your Zoom will show it. And then eventually teams found out how to blur the background and everyone then became a bit more hidden. But the point is, it sped it up. And that's what happened. Oh, I wow. never hide my background. No, I don't. People I, to see my wall exactly. colour. Exactly. I like to leave messages just up there, see if they pick it up, you're fired. What? No, no. <laughs> what do you think's most exciting coming up in your business? What's most exciting is, is the sheer fact of creatives that are coming up from nothing. To go back to that TikTok, everybody on there is a future employee or person that can help and work within the business, help brands grow. The way that brands will grow will not be as structured and corporate as they once were. You know, there's going to be multiple iterations, multiple ways of having fun, being tongue-in-cheek, playing with things, you know, changing the narrative 
and being authentic, that people aren't going to buy a brand that goes, oh, X, Y, and Z, we're very boring in X, Y, and Z. It isn't going to happen. As I said, Ryanair, look at it. The Ryanair, everybody knows Ryanair is absolutely bollocks. Mm, right? I was about to say, terrible. You pay, you pay £70 when you check in late and another £70 just to get through the door, right? And then to take your rucksack, it's another £70 and then it's... But, but, but to that point, you look at Ryanair's TikTok and they admit it. They go, yes, look, we're rubbish, but we're rubbish and we're being funny about it. And you kind of yeah. go, well, that's cool. Yeah. Shame the politicians can't do it. It's a shame the politicians yeah. can't just, like, you know, and that's what we're desperate from them. Well, you know, maybe we're doing that a... they're rubbish. Yeah. Because yeah. we are. So, uh, what's the best piece of advice you've ever had? Ever has? Yeah. Mm. Um, listen to at least three people. Oh, that's a good one. Because then you can... And I, this is brilliant. This is so... Chappie from Dragon's Den gave me this advice, just to name drop there. But he said, if you don't know anything, ask one person a question, then ask another person a question because you'll know a bit more about it. By the time you get to the third person, you'll know a lot more about it and you'll be able to dig into it. And then you can kind of make a decision and get a gauge on where you want to go. Interesting advice. Mm. It works. It does work. Not just asking the first person, believing everything they say. No, exactly. What, and do this Do this all in one go? You're talking, okay, I don't know about subject X. Don't I look it up on Google? It's no. the beauty break. Go on, next, please. Next. Yes. No, but you're not talking in a meeting. You ask one, then the next. No, no, no. You? But if, if you're looking for a supplier, let's say, okay. or, you're, or you're looking to hire somebody or, or whatever, you're not going to hire the first person that walks in the room. Right, right, right. You're not going to necessarily start the first business that you come up with. You're going you're gonna to look into it more than once, I'd hope. Yeah. But if you know nothing about it at all, like accountancy, maybe. But if, you, if I said to you, right, okay, talk to me about how to adjust X, Y, and Z, you'd say something to me. I'd know a bit more at that point. I can go and talk to another accountant. How, talk to me about uh, how you do it. Uh, uh, and then you work out. But if you talk to three accountants, you get three different answers. That's your problem. Maybe that's a bad analogy. <laughs> Whichever one saves you the most money, though. <laughs> no, I think it's interesting because I think too much advice is unhelpful, actually. Sometimes people keep seeking opinions and then you go around in circles and you get really confused. I always I like, use the rule of three. Yeah, I like, I like, I like three as a sort of uh, a limit, for sure. But even like, every interviews the lot, everything. If you're, you know, just use that rule of it's beauty parade grasses, suppliers, interviews, questions, whatever. TikToks, look at three TikToks. Oh, yeah, that's the channel I should follow. You know, that's the kind of. Vibe. So you're saying when you say interviews, what do you mean by that? That three people should interview somebody? No, you should interview at least three people. Oh, for a, so, Yeah, for a exactly. Job, Don't just go for the first yeah. person that walks through the room yeah. because that's you'll get different gauges. Definitely a bad plan. <laughs> <laughs> Top three reads, pods, records, but, you know, something to recommend. It doesn't have to be three, and it doesn't have to be all three of the categories. Okay, I like that. But, but you three like three. is a good number, isn't it? So yeah. let's go for three. three. Uh, Podcast-wise, How I Built This with yeah. Guy Raz, brilliant. Success is in the mind with me, obviously, but the best one, Business Without Bullshit. Thank you very much. <laughs> that's, that's nicely done. Beautifully done. Uh, but person... Not you know, person. not massively. Dr. Zeus was the first book I read, and then I got a Kindle and realised that actually reading's quite good fun, but actually holding a book, not necessarily. You're dyslexic, so how bad dyslexic, is your dyslexia? Dyslexic, ADHD, why, everything. They but, usually you know, go together, those three. It's very common. Three, boom. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's true. Uh, in terms of reading, but I just never got on with reading paperbacks or hardbacks or anything like that, but Kindle's changed the way that I operate in terms of reading, go on holiday. You don't do the reason. audio books? You actually like Not a really, because... For me, I do genuinely switch off when I'm reading on my Kindle, but just not in the way that I would do with an audiobook. Because I constantly be thinking, boom, 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 just because it's just so much easier. Whereas it tires me out reading. Yeah. So that's it. I it's kinda... definitely tiring if it's dyslexic. Yeah, yeah usually. Okay, so that brings us to the favorite part of the show the business versus bullshit quick far round. D, cue the music, please. 
Thank you very much. This is where we're going to reel off some key terms and we have to tell them whether business or bullshit. Oliver, are you ready? I'm probably not, but go on. I, I think you can manage we'll it. I think, it. I, think, I think you're going to be word, honest. The only words you need are business. I'm going to add, I think we're going to, I think we're going to add TikTok to the list. Yeah. going to have to go there. Right. Diversity quotas. Business. Very good. Stand up meetings. Um, I'm going to get business actually because they are efficient. Have you ever had a stand up meeting? Because no, I've had a walking meeting. A walking meeting, which is always good. Go get your morning morning coffee. Walk and talk. Boom. Caffeine. Caff. Oh, I live on caffeine. So everything, life. How many caffeine? How many coffees you're on a day then? Six to eight. Six to eight. Double like a lungo, so with double shots. Double shots, six to eight times a day. Yeah. You must have quite a high tolerance, low sensitivity to caffeine then. That's that's a lot. You sleep fine. I do sleep fine. Yeah, thankfully. Uh, Use it, Margot. Yeah. Oh, meeting agendas. Oh yeah, business need those. Okay. Without those, doesn't happen. Um, Hour-long meetings. Bullshit. If I can do it in five minutes, I will. What, how long do you set your meetings for then in your business? Half an hour window, but I've got eight hours across the course of a week for internal meetings, if we can get it done within those eight hours. that Those are kind of the three hours, if that makes sense, for internal. If not, then we question why it's so internal. So 16 possible meetings? In half that hour. sense, yeah. Well, it depends. If someone wants to aggregate them together, just do a days-long meeting, that's your, that's your quota. But no, seriously, I do build my, my diary out so that I have eight hours a week to do internal-only meetings, and the rest of it's client-facing and innovation. Okay, very good. Um, office dogs. Oh yeah, absolutely business. We've got loads of them. Have you? Tons of office dogs. Yeah, I've got Very a dog, office dog, a little cavapoo. No we've way. got a Labrador, we've got... Do you have more than one in the office at the same time? Quotas of three. <laughs> Seriously. Three can come in at any one time, you've got to book the rest in. And, and, then and we'll... do they not squabble and like fight and like... But if they do, they, get, they genuinely have a warning period point. So you have strikes, and if they piss on the floor or do X and Y or Z, three strikes and you can't bring it in again. That yeah. has never happened, actually. It's never it's happened. It's been a strike, but that person's no longer with us, so no dog, obviously. Um, carbon credits. Carbon credits business, that. Yeah, well, should be, but should be. I don't, I don't think they've worked it out. Uh, <laughs> swearing in meetings. Oh, yeah, absolute business. Yeah. yeah. Uh, pub lunches. See, I'm going to go with bullshit. I cannot drink during the day. No, I can't. Either. I just can't. If someone gives me a beer, that is my day over. Practice. Uh, uh, <laughs> B Corps. We, we are going through that, so absolute business. Oh, are you? We are indeed. Okay, very good. We'll be done by the end of next year. It takes a while, but we will be. Yeah, yeah. all the end of the year after that. Or maybe. Um, <laughs> I wonder if they do dog policies in B Corps. That'd be interesting. They might find that your three striking out is it's just not okay. No, it's, it's not inclusive enough. Not okay. inclusive no, enough. No. <laughs> uh, non disclosure agreements. Bullshit. Not worth the paper they're written on. Very correct. They're not. Un, uh, unlimited holidays. Now, this is bullshit. We were going to do it, but didn't because we figured no one would take them. Yeah. Yeah. So I, that's, that's or, the or, or Joe Bloggs would take them and nobody else kind of thing. Yeah, the, the, I personally, I just don't think that anyone in our business was, in fairness, mm. because everyone's such a small business in that sense. I don't think they was. Well, we should add four-day week, which you've experimented with. Bullshit. Okay, for <laughs> LinkedIn. That, to be fair... Whilst business is the term, I do think it's becoming more personable as well. 
So you think it's business. But you think it's business. I do. I do. Well, you think it's becoming personal. So you think it's becoming bullshit. No, no, no. In a business way. In a good way. That's good. I wouldn't say it's bullshit in terms of... But again, it's generational. You know, I like the fact that I don't have to get my underpants off on LinkedIn. You don't have to do that on any platform. Yeah, metaphorically. Metaphorically, I don't have to like... But, you know, we all put on... That's where you reveal your OnlyFans account. And we go, there's another social platform. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um... In fact, that could be Mr. Underpants, could be a, quite a big TikTok sensation, I think. I might be on something. TikTok. Absolute business. Absolute business, yeah. Uh, Brexit. <laughs> Bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is, is it affecting you uh, other than psychologically? You know, I can't fully comment on that because when I had the business, it was only a few years old and I hadn't been in business that long, so I wouldn't know the difference between being in and being out. Fucking hell, 2016 is as long ago as you started this business. Give or take. It was only for a couple of years in. How old are you now? 29. Just. Okay. Although I've lost most of my hair, so I do look about 40, hence the gap. Well, it's always helpful to lose your hair and look a bit older or perhaps lose a beard and look really fucking peculiar like our producer did. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> no, he looks gorgeous. He just doesn't look like that funky hip, hip-hop he soul that I knew, like, yeah, you know? Yeah. He, he just now looks like he now looks like he works for BT in, in corporate affairs and he's here to, like, shut me down. Or um, okay, uh, <laughs> NFTs. Oh, I love an NFT. Uh, they will be business, but it's about how you utilise them. And this could be an entire podcast on NFTs, blockchains, and crypto. We've done that this week. Um, which I do think there is a space for. It's just how. Bitcoin. I actually sold my Bitcoin 24 hours before it crashed, only through luck. Okay. Not through strategy, but I do believe in Bitcoin. But it was just necessity at that point. Well, that's always that. That's a, yeah. That's that's a really. Uh, that's what you want to do, isn't it? You're never in the right place at the right time. I saw like the number one rated comment on Bitcoin on Coinbase is, "I wish I could go back to 2013 and repeatedly punch myself in the face." And that's it. That's the most liked comment. Everyone's like, "Yeah, it's that true. guy." It's it like... is true. No, there is a place for that. Absolutely, it's just what and when. <laughs> Uh, very good. You scored an excellent 612. Out of? 7,000. Oh, it's not it's like being back at school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I enjoyed it. I liked the candid approach. It was excellent. Thank you so much for having me, guys. Yeah. Um, so there you have it. That's the end of the quick far round. This is where we give you 30 seconds to pitch your podcast, your company, whatever you want to do. Off you Okey go. Okey-dokey, guys. Right, so the podcast is launching. It's on all virtual Atlantic flights. As of October, five and a half million listeners. It's called Success is in the Mind with me, Oliver Bruce. I interview scale-up entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs that are just getting into business, people that maybe aren't quite sure that are taking a risk, taking a punt on Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcast from. Brilliant. And if our listeners want to find out more about you online, where do they go for that? Uh, I would say TikTok, but that's yeah, the launch, ironically. Um, but just type in Oliver Bruce, entrepreneur, and something might come up. Something rather worrying, perhaps, on a uh, slightly... No, uh, typing in Andy. <laughs> uh, a, a website with an X in it, uh, next to my underpants <laughs> and the umbrella. Yeah. X, X, so X. Got un- underpants and umbrellas. Maybe that's a, maybe that's that's a, a combo. There could that's be an umbrella thing. in the underpants. I mean, the other Good. way around. <laughs> X, uh, I mean, uh, <laughs> whatever floats your boat. So there you have it. That was this week's episode of Business Without Bullshit. And we'll be back with BWB Extra on Thursday. Until then, it's ciao.